welcome to episode two of The Slab with Chelsea and Jim. Good to have you here. We've made it to episode two, Chelsea. This is the most we've done of anything ever in our lives before. <laughs> I know. And in many ways, it's episode three, which is even more impressive. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go with that. Um, I want to start with a question, though, Chelsea. Go on. I wasn't for prepared. You. Yeah. Why, why do you need so much milk? Because like, last time I was looking in your fridge, <laughs> yeah. you had at least four large uh, four pint bottles of milk in there. And yeah. now you've bought more. Like, are you expecting some kind of nuclear disaster? Um, do you have a very specific tendency to hoard, but only dairy products? Like, what's the what's the thinking behind the, the lot? The so milk? I'm going to tell you the truth and you're not going to like it. Well, it's, there's two. It's a, it's a two factors. There's two layers to the milk story. One, yeah. it goes out of date pretty quickly, right? So I want to have a backup in case the ones that I have go out of date, and I don't want to have to go outside. So every time like there's a new batch of milk in the shop, like a new album drops, but it's a new milk date. It's a new week not ahead. The it's not the same. <laughs> I get some same. milk, but at the same time, I do. I must admit that. Some of the milk in my fridge is empty slash out of date. Have you heard of UHT milk? (laughs) It's long life. You can just have that in the cupboard. It doesn't go off. That's the beauty of it. I'm not having chemicalized milk, Jim. It's not chemicalized. UHT stands for ultra heat treated. And that's a Jim fact. Ultra Heat. heat treated. Hot milk? I'm not having hot milk. No, it's not hot when you buy it. It's just been hot at one point. That's made it so that you can just keep it in the cupboard. Jim, I've got hot. I've got hot milk before, and it goes stinky. <laughs> don't. That's one I of the rules think of you've milk. Given it a proper go. One of the rules of milk is cold. The fact it's the only milk rule is cold. I could think of a few other milk rules. Go on. Uh, number one. Mhm. Don't. But don't piss in it. This is what I've realised now. It was a mistake bringing up milk. I'm sorry. Should we get on with the podcast? Yeah. It's my turn today. Yes, I'm excited for your turn. Me too. Although I also feel like I'm under a lot of pressure. So, I want to preface this by saying some words, which I will say now with my voice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous. It's always good to be clear with your audience. (laughs) Carry on. With this story, I have some logistical niggles, okay? And, like, they might occur at the end or organically during, but I just want to say, you know what? Let's just address the elephant in the room right now. What I'm going to present to you is called The Legend of the Highgate Vampire. Oh. But as I'm going through, you'll probably be going, hmm, that sounds more like a Highgate ghost. And you'll be right, Jim. 90% of this story to me, not an expert in vampires by any means, sure, sounds like a ghost. I've got two main criteria for vampire chels, and that is fangs and sucking blood. Well, oh boy, are you going to be disappointed? (laughs) (laughs) And if that doesn't keep you listening, nothing will, quite frankly. Set your expectations low. Just dial that expectation meter right down. I want to know who's coming to a Chelsea Gym podcast with high expectations because <laughs> they're the idiot, not us. New people, Chelsea. They could be new people. We have oh, to I be forgot. on our best behaviour for the new people. I forgot about them. To take our news. metaphorical shoes off. I forgot about them, guys. This isn't really a podcast catered for new people. It's for 
only people that have already heard our other podcasts and all of our content. There's only a very specific percentage of the population who are ever going to like what we do. And that's fine. We're comfortable with that. And if you do like it, you'll really like it. And you'll you'll be basically a friend of Chelsea and Jim. And I think that, honestly, we've already found them all. <laughs> There's no more left to find. No one else is coming to this. So I'm happy with that. Are you ready, Jim? Yeah. I'm just licking my lips. Do I need to lick mine? Is that part of it? Have you been eating crisps? No, I've had some. I've just had one sip of wine and one sip of coffee, like alternating between wine and coffee, which Ooh, I, I, I don't think like this that. it could be my favourite evening. I think in Spain they don't they drink coffee and red wine at the, at same, the time. same time. And just say that it ain't mine. What's my name? I should <laughs> sometimes I will do raps. <laughs> but we'll try and keep them to a minimum. It all like we'll began. have a warning at the start of the podcast. Like you know how you have an explicit content warning. We'll have a Chelsea rapping content warning. Parental advisory. It all began. That's our phrase, by the way, guys. We we it took. You don't us need to point that out, Chelsea. All right. Okay. Well, when we the put it catchphrase was created by somebody saying, uh, "Guys, this is a catchphrase." Before saying said catchphrase. Well, I just want to prepare them for the merch. <sighs> it all began. Hang on. Can in- I just open a bottle of beer? <laughs> You know, you can do that in the background. You don't have to interrupt my cool story. Okay, fine. Okay, all right. It all began. Jim, you're making noise. Sorry. You said I could open it in the background. Well, I didn't know you were going to do it loudly. I'll do it quietly. It all began. Are we ready? Yeah. It all began. Jimmy! Sorry. (laughs) My bottle opener's in the shape of a dolphin. It's really not practical at all. We'll cut this bit out. We'll cut this bit out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It all began in London in the 1960s, but would continue for well over a decade. Everywhere you looked was vivid print and denim. Hey Jude carried on the wind from Watford to Croydon. Cecil Beaton could be found snapping photos in Kensington, whilst Harold Wilson sat in office pouring money into education for the working class. But it wasn't all free love, fish markets and double-decker buses. Little did London know, something terrifying was brewing. Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) Hey, I like that, political. That was just a a bit of political humour, political comedy for the slab. We won't be doing a lot of that, I'll be honest. I don't know enough about politics to make political humour. Yeah, and I, I had to that Google Chelsea's that one either. when I was making my notes. Immediately after I say Margaret Thatcher and then laugh at my own joke, I then say, no, not really. It's it's the Highgate Vampire. Hey, in many ways similar. Both blood-sucking, uh, <laughs> both blood-sucking... Um, uh, Jim, both. but if anything, not, because remember how there's no blood-sucking with this vampire. Oh, We've yeah. already established it. <laughs> like that's going to be a key thing to remember. <laughs> The Highgate Vampire is a formidable British legend, so much so that when I interviewed Dave Goodwin from work about it, he said, uh, haven't heard of it. (laughs) So panic grips the nations. (laughs) Any questions so far, Jim? (laughs) Well, I've not heard of the Highgate Vampire either. Um, No. Like, how well known is this legend? According to one gentleman, whose name is David Ferrant, it is infamous but as we'll learn later, David Ferrant has a vested interest in the Highgate vampire being popular. So I'm not sure whether or not to take him at his word. Has he got a company that sells capes? He is the head of the British 
occult society. <laughs> right, of course he is. I mean, with a name like David Ferrant, what Ferrant. else is he going to do? Don't trust anyone called that. Maybe he could collect ferrets. <laughs> I don't know if that's a job, is it? I guess it's a hobby. Oh, that's true. Maybe he could be a ferret farmer. Yeah, that sounds like a weird euphemism. That sounds like a weird, like, 1970s way of describing a gay person. Oh, yeah, he was uh, one of those ferret farmers. One thing I know about Highgate, and actually the first thing that springs to mind when everyone, anyone says about Highgate, is that it has a cemetery there, a really cool cemetery. Yeah, and that's actually what this story is about. It's the vampire of Highgate Cemetery, not just the Highgate vampire it's specifically from the cemetery there are a few are you do you have any more questions or shall i continue with the story of the highgate vampire i don't have questions but i've got um feedback and that is i'm intrigued awesome that's really good because soon you won't be but i like (laughs) i like that there's something gripping at the beginning because a lot of what a lot of i've noticed like books films do they end with some sort of crescendo a conclusion something that makes you think that the previous hour was better than it was mm. i'm not doing that i'm not sticking to that rule i'm st- <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting high ending low end low people again remember what we said about expectations dial them down there are a few conflicting stories about where the legend actually began but i'm gonna cite the earliest source that i found in my research as the official one Okay, so whatever happens from henceforth, Chelsea's decided, update the history books, this is it. This is the first sighting of the Highgate Vampire. 1963. After visiting some friends in the nearby village, two young girls from the local covenant, automatically scary, nuns. Yeah, don't trust a nun. I've seen nuns in real life and they all look weird. But what's a village near Highgate, Charles? Isn't Highgate like in in North London? There's no villages in North London. Well, there's Highgate Village, Jim. Oh, right. Not a real village, though. No, but it's like the village portion of Highgate, like where the shop is. Maybe the phone box was there. Do they have a fate ever? Because that's my criteria. Okay, great. Yeah, they'll have a fate in Highgate. Do you think they've got a tombola in Highgate? Do you play that, you know, that quiz game that's, like, on Snapchat? It's I not, don't, I don't know. Is it on Snapchat? Okay, let's go back to the story then. Otherwise, that's <laughs> a real dead end. <laughs> there will be dead ends, guys, okay? <laughs> two young nuns were walking home along Swain's Lane. <laughs> don't shout two young nuns at me. <laughs> Swain's Lane, a steep, narrow road which runs up beside Highgate Cemetery. Now... Fact fans, well, no, more Chelsea fans, if anything. I've been there a few times to Swain's Lane, and right. it is a killer for the legs. Is it very steep? It's, su- it's super steep. I think, if anything, the scariest thing about Highgate Cemetery is the exercise. <laughs> Have you been, Jim, to Highgate Cemetery? No, I've not. I want it's, to, though. I it's mean, definitely this is... on a tilt. Yeah, I don't like walking up hills, really. Did I mention I went to San Francisco on holiday? Yeah, you did well, last episode. <laughs> very well known for its big hills, and it was it was too much. You know, if, if, forget graves bursting out of no, forget. Can we cut this out? Forget yeah, bodies out. bursting out of graves. <laughs> what about calves bursting out of skinny jeans? Oh yeah, cut that all all of that out. <laughs> well, you can... <laughs> Jim, just a quick question: Are you going to mention your San Francisco holiday on the next episode as well? I think I probably will. Yeah. There was a chill in the air. 
and the century-old cemetery loomed ominously through the northern gate. As the girls scurried past, they claimed to have seen a shadowy body rising from a grave. And thus we have the genesis of the Highgate Vampire. Ooh. Yeah. Did they give any more details? No. <laughs> <laughs> and where, where was this recorded? Like, who did they tell about it? Did they go and tell the local press? Did Probably they tweet about the, it? Um, yeah, they tweeted about it. They uh, got matching tattoos about their experience. Um, I think they just told, like, the mum nun. Oh, mum nun, yeah, yeah. And what did she say? Vampire? Yeah, she was like, oh, that, that's a vampire. <laughs> she, she was from Norfolk. <laughs> that's how they speak in Highgate. I mean, it's, it's creepy, isn't it, seeing a shadowy figure rise from a grave? I'd love to see something like that, though. Well, I think, like, an additional detail was that it was somewhat transparent, which isn't in keeping with what we know about vampires. No, they're very apparent. And do we know if they come from graves or do they just sleep in coffins? Like, I've seen some of them upside down, like bats. Do you know what, Charles? I don't really know what a vampire is. Like, I know that they live <laughs> sucking blood. And I know yeah. that an old stake through the heart will absolutely see them off. They hate garlic, can't stand it. Not but a fan of garlic. I don't know, like, what they are. Are they, are they corpses that have risen from the dead, like zombies? No. They're always dressed very smart, aren't they? They've got lovely capes. I think they're the undead... In, in a way. Is that a zombie too? Would you describe the zombie as the undead? Yeah. No, that's dead what? and then come back to life. Well, in a way, that's also, that is undead. Oh, like, no, no. A vampire, like, lives forever, doesn't it? So it can't be, it can't be a dead that's come back to life. No, but does it live forever as a vampire? Is it a human that lives forever? Or was it never human? Is it just vampire from start to never end? I don't know, Chelsea. We'll have to ask the person telling the story about a vampire. Oh, wait, that's you. Well, no, I can tell you. I was just doing this bit. Vampires oh. are always vampires and they live forever. I've seen Buffy. I've read Twilight. So you're born a vampire. I wasn't born a vampire. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. just to clear that up. Because well, no, I've seen the way be... you've looked at my neck before. <laughs> so you're you born can... a vampire if you're a you're vampire. Bo- you're, like, you're either a vampire, but you, like, from, like, so there's some vampires from forever, right? They're just always there, but they can make new vampires by giving like a vampire, vampire. by giving like a vampire blood transfusion. You don't give birth to a vampire if you're a vampire, but to keep the lineage and to keep like the hunting strong or if you need new ones, Mm. you like transfer enough of your blood into their blood, that other human's blood. So like you suck their blood, but don't completely kill them, then put your blood back into them. They become a vampire too. I mean, it sounds very complicated. It's what, it really does. It's a lot of work to create a vampire. Less work than cr- to create a baby. Well, I mean, no. You, you do know how to create a baby, right, Charles? Yeah, but that's, that's nine months a... of brewing. Oh, yeah, but you don't have to do much to it once, it's, once, it's, once you pop it in the oven. That's just sitting there for nine months. Well, yeah, says the man. You don't have to worry about... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, you don't have to worry about blood transfusions, though. But it's not really a tra- I wouldn't say it's a transfusion. It's more like, imagine if I cut my wrist and then I cut the other wrist and I just touch the wrists together. Then, oh, so, you know. so it only has to be a little blob then? Well, in the, like they suggest that that's a great way of like getting a lot of blood in from one to the other, but like probably like real- reality, logistically, that wouldn't work because your blood would just flop out a bit. Mm. 
flop out. Well, do you want to carry on with the story? Yeah. Similar sightings continued throughout the early 60s, with many claiming to have spotted a phantom figure nestled between the graves beyond the gate. It was tall. It was dark. It was handsome. It wasn't handsome. It was phantomy. Some say it had red eyes. Sometimes it was transparent. Sometimes it wasn't. But, and here's where the very tenuous vampire link comes in. Even more mysteriously, animal carcasses were being found around the site. Oh. Hmm. Did they have two little holes in their neck? Again, I don't have that information at hand. Okay, let's just backtrack a sec then, Charles. Yeah. Go There's on. a period of sightings. Well, if anything, go back. Yeah. Who's seeing it? Loads. Just loads. Anyone loads. specific? Well, yeah, there's two girls. There's two nun, young nuns. Oh, yeah, we've, yeah, we've done those after the nun girls. We've who... got the young girls. We've got a variety of sightings throughout the 60s. I'm going to go on to two more types of So we've of just sighting. got a variety. A variety. I'm just saying that a lot of people reported to have seen something in the 60s. Um, right. And it was sort of some sort of figure always near the graves beyond the northern gate. Right, so they're seeing something mysterious in the same kind of area. Sometimes yeah. you can see through it, sometimes you can't. And what, it's got red eyes? Sometimes red eyes, sometimes not. Again, mm. conflicting. These people didn't corroborate their stories, mm. which makes it sort of harder to believe, or maybe more easy to believe, because if it was all exactly the same, you'd go, you've conspired on that. Yeah, maybe people see vampires in different ways. I mean, that's a great point, Jim. I'm, I didn't read any about that in my research, but that could be the answer to this mystery. You know, beauties in the eye of the beholder is also seeing a vampire in a specific way in the idea, in the eye of a beholder. Yeah, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag merch. Um, I feel like also, like, the, the animal carcasses is a lot like nesting in the previous episode, whereby it's a very sort of, like, pussy version of an activity. Like it's what where it was mean? like egg. Well, like it was like oh, I'm gonna hunt eggs instead of lions. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna like suck the blood of hedgehogs instead of people. Do you know? Oh, right. I see. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, I didn't. I didn't know that vampires could like get by off. Uh, and hang on, is it the is kind of the mythology around a vampire that they can survive off the blood of a animal, but it's just not as good as the yeah. blood of a human. So like yeah, having yeah, yeah. you know a kind of as does own Red Bull in comparison to like a real own, you know, a real genuine Red Bull full sugar. I can't, yeah, I can't think of a more accurate comparison than that. It wasn't a great one, I'll be honest. Um, Twilight, obviously, we were familiar with that great work. Um, mm. it, during that, they they do animals and not people. He does. But they get, they get really like on edge around people and they want to eat them, but they're good boys, so they don't. Yeah, but they don't like it, though. They're gagging for a bit of human blood. The animal satia, it's just it's like me having a salad. I've had a salad, but I'm still fucking hungry, and I'm annoyed now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed because I've had a salad. Yeah, that's a much way better, better, better way of putting it. It's animal blood to a vampire is a salad to a hungry human. Yeah, apart from like one of those humans that do marathons and stuff. They're not humans, Charles. They're definitely not people. They're not, and I find it really difficult to relate to them. (laughs) The late 60s now was when London really doubled down on this legend. The baby boomers were bored, 
And when they weren't fucking, they were hanging out in cemeteries across the city, desecrating graves and holding occult rituals. Maybe even smoking a fat dube. They might have had a dube in a cemetery. You know what? We've all done a lot of stuff in cemeteries, Jim. Mm. Do we want to talk about the things you've done, Chelsea? Or... Norwich Cathedral, 2008. Blue Eyes had a chippy after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the, the thing about the 60s was, and this was a bit of a problem for London in the 60s, there were, there's a lot of occult groups. And by occult groups, I don't mean anything interesting. I just mean a group of like later teenagers, early 20s, hanging out, thinking about the occult because we didn't have we had a lot of science but not enough science at that point well and people were just more spiritual yoga was in people were getting in touch with themselves opening their minds like where's your third eye at i don't know i'm gonna try and find it though maybe it's your japs eye can't say that now it's racist <laughs> but i didn't even i only found that out recently i've been saying japs eye without a care in the world for years someone told me and I was horrified. Yeah, don't keep saying that, Jim. I Stop won't that say now, that again. if anything. Put a pin in that one. Don't yeah. put a pin in there. <laughs> we saw a video about that, didn't we? <laughs> oh, God, I can't. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of occult groups, which by which I just mean gangs of teenagers hanging out in cemeteries, and they would, like, break the graves. They'd put graffiti everywhere. Classic shit. So a lot of the cemeteries around London were being destroyed, even though they were like 100, 150 years old. So all of this activity and things like flowers being found, like arranged in strange patterns around graves, sort of like the Blair Witch, or even garlic found around the graves. It's something that these these kids were up to. Mm. So it's sort of like a fun, hot topic as well, is the fact that there were sightings. So, so what? So they were like creating the illusion that there was a vampire there by like leaving stuff around. Yeah, but incidentally almost because they were doing these rituals to anyone who stumbled upon that activity inadvertently, they're going to go, oh, that's creepy. But it was probably just the kids who were looking the same as if we did a Ouija board in a banding building and then left it there. Mm. Do you know, people are like, oh, it's creepy. There's a Ouija board. The, the Ouija board's not the creepy part. The creepy part is what we were trying to talk to with the Ouija board, right? But you would still, like, get that element of fear from it. But if you were a ghost and you wanted someone to talk to you, you'd leave, you'd, you'd find a Ouija board and you'd leave that out, you know? I, I can't corroborate that. <laughs> but, like, that's how you communicate with the, with the are you dead. Thinking, are you thinking so, of the exorcist play when he tried to get her up into the attic and he was like, oh, here's my board? Yeah, I am thinking of exactly that, Charles. Is it the exorcist? Was he the devil or was he a ghost? The exorcist was the person who tried to get the devil out of the... Yeah, but his, his mate, it was the devil. Oh, yeah, devil. Yeah. Oh, that's well, we right. went to see the play of the exorcist, didn't we, Charles? And it was all right. But what was weird is that the voice of the devil was Ian McKellen. And he's a lovely man. He's not a devil. <laughs> yeah, but it made me feel like I was seeing more highbrow play. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. Um... Why do why do vampires hate garlic? Is this a joke? Is this a setup to a joke? Are you asking me? No, it's not a setup. It's not a setup to a joke, Charles. I don't know, Jim. I haven't got. I didn't look into That's that. That's key information, Charles. But if but why do people think then that vampires don't like garlic? What? Where did that do come you, from? If I ever do a story on a on an actual vampire, I'll I'll Google that before the episode. Do you want a vampire joke? Yeah. 
Um, what sort of club would a vampire join? Um, I haven't got time to think about it whilst making the podcast entertaining, so just give me the answer. A blood group. What's a what vampire's sort of, favourite fruit? Wait, what sort of club would a vampire join? A blood group? Yeah. Huh. What's a vampire's oh. favourite fruit? The blood fruit. A blood orange. Oh yeah, that's A it. blood orange is a type of orange. Yeah, well I know, <laughs> the, clues, the clues in the orange. Oh yeah, okay, one more. Where do vampires keep their money? In the bank. In the vault. Go on. <laughs> in the blood bank. The occult introduces us to the biggest name attached to the Highgate vampire. David Ferrant, I mentioned earlier. He is, essentially, David Ferrant is to the Highgate vampire what Brian Greene is to quantum physics in that he's managed to introduce it to the masses, but sometimes his account is dubious. Mm. And that is likely to be because he benefits from that. Like with Brian Greene, he makes quantum physics so basic, normal people can understand it. But you can't do that. You can't just make it so basic we can understand it because that means it's somewhere you've missed the point. Like, it's not real. Yeah. But with not, the not everybody should be able to understand it. It's hard. And it is hard and that's fine. It's Are we fine talking about vampires things. now or quantum physics? Well, both in a way. Because <laughs> we don't know about the garlic and we don't know about the genesis of like... Well, I, don't, I do know a lot about space so it's hard for me to think of an example. But you don't know about garlic. No, <laughs> I've got my shortcomings. According to Wikipedia, on the 24th of December, 1969, David spent the night in Highgate Cemetery and two months later wrote a letter to the Hampstead and Highgate Express about his experience, stating he had glimpsed a grey figure which he considered to be supernatural and asked if others had seen anything similar. Now, Jim, on no calendar... But if you're seeing a mysterious figure on December 24th, that's Santa. That's not a vampire, David. And why is he waiting a month before he tells anyone about it? And why is he spending the night before Christmas in a cemetery? He's, He's got other problems. He's got problems. He's Has he gone through a, a breakup? Possibly. Well. Is this dad going off the rails? Is that what this is? Had he been previously sleeping in his car for a little while, not changed his cardigan for a few months. Why is he sleeping in a... Also, you see the grey mysterious figure, fine. Why is he then thinking a month later, oh, I saw that grey figure a month ago. I should probably tell someone about that. Well, that's a great point, Jim. And, and that might be one of the many reasons that we doubt David's account like, does he just want some attention? He obviously, if he's sad enough to be spending a night before Christmas in the cemetery alone, something's gone wrong. He's not happy. He's <laughs> looking for an outlet. It's definitely not the sign of a happy person, is it? Not on, not on, not on the 24th. Did he give any more details, though? Maybe he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Maybe he's Muslim. We don't know. There's lots of people who don't celebrate Christmas. Maybe he's Hindu. I don't know if there were many of them in England in the 60s. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've not got the figures right here. Just to put my old cultural lens on it, like I like to do, uh, I'm going to just narrow it down into the fact that he's probably a, ca a Caucasian male. Mm. Um, I'm also saying that because I have seen a photo of him. Right. So I can back it up with... <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't want to say that every white man is Caucasian. But 
I reckon he is. Um, did you give any more details on the figure? Because no, it's not massively just, descriptive, is it? Great figure. He essentially just said, has anyone else seen this guy around? Lost, like, misconnections. Yeah. I, I saw you in the cemetery on Christmas Eve. You were transparent. I was wearing a red sweater, you know? Yeah. He's got a beard. He likes it when children sit on his lap. Friendly with reindeers. Within a couple of weeks, several people had actually replied to David's story describing a variety of ghosts said to haunt the cemetery in the adjoining Swains Lane, which we talked about earlier because it's very steep. Is there a lot of ghosts in Swains Lane because it's so steep, people have tried to make it to the top but have just, like, died on the way? That, or it's some sort of, like, real-life Sisyphean myth where all the bad ghosts are sent to have to keep walking up it. (laughs) All the bad nuns. The ghosts were described as a tall man in a hat, a spectral cyclist, which is interesting. They don't specify if he's on the bike, but it's rare you see, like, ghost transport. I'm imagining a vampire on a bike now, and it's quite a humorous image. There's something vampire quite whimsical about that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your comical sound for anything. Oh. That was your sound for the dove coming out of that dead body last episode. Oh, <laughs> vampire on a bike. Oh, get out of the way. I'll suck your blood. It is interesting, though. That you usually only hear about ghost ships and ghost trains. You never hear about ghost bikes. Yeah. Why is that? That's true, actually. Yeah, I've made an observation there that's accurate. You never hear about ghost bikes. You never hear ghosts in any other sort of form of transport, really, do you? Like a ghost on a Segway. Or ghost on a tandem oh i'd love to see a ghost on a tandem i'd love to ride a tandem with a ghost i've got a tandem at work come by pop pop round what you've got a tandem what what the tandem bicycle yeah when have you ever ridden a bicycle chelsea it's jimmy i've been a child before yeah but okay in recent years when when have you ridden a bicycle that's just not a chelsea thing to do i've ridden a tandem around the communal area at work who with Somebody else I work with. I, mm. What? Who? Jim, I just Jim, don't like the idea of you riding tandems with people who are mul- Jim, I'm going to be honest. I've ridden a tandem with multiple boys. Oh, for f- Yeah. I mean, it's only ever drunk, Jim. Never sober. I'd never do it sober. And you're telling me this on the podcast? Well, I didn't know you were going to bring up ghost tandems. <laughs> I'd never ride a ghost tandem with anyone that isn't you. No, and I won't do it again, I promise. I've made a mistake. We all make mistakes, yeah? I mean, you didn't fall onto it, did you? That's all I say. It takes a lot of effort to get yourself on a tandem with another boy. Jimmy. Should we carry on with the vampire? It didn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Somebody else saw a woman in white. Somebody saw a face glaring through the bars of a gate. Somebody else saw a figure wading into a pond. Another, a pale gliding form. Somebody else heard bells ringing and voices calling. And again, this is the point where the story unravels. In fact, I'm not sure this story ever ravels. <laughs> because at no point, again, is there ever just one thing. It's never just a vampire. It's but, always ghosts and multiple ghosts and bells. What have bells got to do with anything? It's probably just a church. Oh, bells are creepy, though. I don't like a bell. So I've lost... I'm a little bit lost. Where... At what point was it a vampire? Because obviously now it's just people seeing all sorts of shit. Well, people are attributing the word vampire specifically to David Ferrant. 
he but, but all he claiming, all he saw was a grey figure. He didn't see yeah, it. He didn't see it sucking blood. He, no, but the animal carcasses. I guess you put it together. He's saying that he never specifically said it was a vampire. He said he saw something. Somebody said it was a vampire, and then he just went along with it. Um, since then, he was also arrested for spending time in the cemetery and vandalizing it whilst being a vampire hunter. <laughs> What was he doing? Was he tagging? He no. He just he, he said he was just spending. He was the, he said I was just spending the night in the cemetery. I wasn't vampire hunting officer. What was? Imagine the... that. Imagine having to convince someone you weren't vampire hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Is that garlic in your pockets? No, that's not. <laughs> just happy to see you. <laughs> Where does the vandalism come into it though? Is he like smashing up graves? Is he digging them up? What's he doing? I don't want to put all of the emphasis of the vandalism on David specifically. I think it's mostly the groups of youths. But he was like part of that, the occult movement. And because he had written into the local newspaper, he became like uh, the, the, the figurehead, if you will, of the occult vampire hunting. There's now a Highgate Vampire Society, by the way, and he's the head of that. So He's the head of a lot of societies. Clearly got too much time on his hands. I mean, we could have said that when we found out he was sleeping in cemeteries. But what, what, what have the sightings been since then? Is there any more evidence to suggest that there's a vampire roaming around in North London? You've just, I've just given you a decade's worth of sightings in the cemeteries. Yeah, but they're not sightings of vampire. Nobody's mentioned a, a cape. Now, I started this. The metadata is all wrong. For, it's essentially like the clickbait version of Legends. They've called it the Highgate Vampire, but it's just bog standard cemetery ghosts. Okay. That's what it is, right? Well, because I'm ready. Because if you think about it... What? Go no, go on. I'm just saying that if you want to sell a story and you want to be interesting, it's easier to get society to like buy into a, a figure of fear than like an, an acre of spook. Do you know, <laughs> like, if you can like pinpoint that into like a specific thing to be afraid of, like it's the boogeyman, not the boogie meadow. Yeah, right. So that... you're saying go specific because it's easier to paint a picture in your mind's eye of something specific rather than yeah. just a general creepy thing that nobody can quite put their finger on. And if you're David Farron and you're the head of an occult society and you want some attention and you're having to sleep in the cemetery at Christmas, you're going to go... How can I make this something that will build into a legend? I'll make it a vampire. What I will say, though, Charles, is if I was David and if I was wanting to make up um, a story about a vampire, I'd be going more in depth than just a grey shadowy figure. I'd say, yeah, he was wearing a cape. He had the weird uh, cone back hair. His fangs were out and he tried to suck my blood. Why not go more... If he's making it up, why not go more in depth with it? Well, I think in this, actually, I'm going to give a bit of kudos to David at this point because what he's done is he hasn't started a new legend. He's built on previous sightings. So he's gone, there's already a mystery here. I'll revisit it. And like, instead of making up something new and going into too much specifics, which aren't quite believable, I'll just go, oh yeah, I saw that vampire again. But I'm going to become the leading expert in it. He was nibbling on a squirrel. He didn't seem full, though. Definitely didn't look satisfied. 
not only has there, has there been a lot of sightings for the last decade, starting with the nuns and including David, like five or six years later, people say that they were also accosted by the vampire. So there has been a physicality, which oh. obviously changes it from spectre to vampire. I think like you can't be touched by a ghost. No. Um, and we all wish it was different, but you can't. <laughs> but what about the movie Ghost, the 1980s classic? Uh, a lot of that, I think, is about not touching, isn't it? Yeah, or but do they touch? I don't know. Do they fuck? I haven't, I haven't seen... I've seen her. I've seen the bit where ghost. they're doing the potter's wheel. Yeah, there's that bit. But you know in her, when he has sex with his phone, I think it's like that. <laughs> I think her is just the modern day ghost. Right. Okay. A cold, so, drafty wank. Yeah, I didn't really... <laughs> a drafty wank? Yeah, that's what it's like. There was this woman on this morning recently um, who claimed <laughs> to have... She wasn't having a drafty wank. <laughs> she claimed to have had sex with a ghost. Did you not I hear have. about that? I've had sex with a ghost. <laughs> well, I haven't had sex with it, but I've definitely had a sexual experience with a ghost. What happened? It might not have been a ghost. It might have been a dream. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like the ghost was made the dream happen. I don't want to pursue this anymore. What was the... <laughs> so the vampire is now touching people. What, what are they feeling? Are they seeing him as he's touching them? Is he having a suck? What's, what's the vibe? For some reason, I didn't read much into this portion of the story because I didn't find it as interesting. Um, and also, I was listening to a podcast this morning about Spring Hill Jack, and I can't remember which parts of it is my research and which parts of it is Spring Hill Jack, a completely different British legend. Oh, so what I'm going to say is I'm just going to split the difference and go, he touched a tit. <laughs> <laughs> Because in, w- in one of the stories, he vomits on them. And in another story, it's, it's just a bit gropey. And he in the vomits other one, on sort- them? I think that's spring Hill Jack that does the vomiting. I mean, he that's the... a sort of flame. That's the sign of a bad vampire, isn't it? Like, you've, well, you've geared Hill yourself Jack up. Well, isn't a vampire. But if it was a vampire, you've geared yourself up. You're about to pounce. It comes to it and you just can't bring yourself to it. You're so repulsed by the idea, you just do a little sick instead. Like a premature sick. Like like a premature ejaculation, but with yeah. vomit. Yeah, exactly like that. And oh, you have to just go like back a, and find a hedgehog. He's like a cute little bashful vampire. Yeah. So I'm really going to do it Ooh. this time. Right, some real human blood. Come on, there she is. Right. What? In Farron's case, I, I'm reading my notes now, but I don't know if this is where I should be picking up. Yeah, no, it's not. Now, <clears throat> it all began. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a lad. There's also a lad called Charles Christian. I like him already. Had, he, what he did was he wrote, he had a short story that he wrote um, that was set in Highgate Cemetery and was published in a book of ghost stories. Now, the, the book of ghost stories was fiction, but he has since claimed that his short fiction was actually based on short fact. Wow. Yeah. And again, it's a very similar story. In 1972, he said that he found a vault that had been broken open and inside there was a burned out coffin strewn with garlic. 
Whilst there, he removed a piece of bone-encrusted melted coffin lead as a souvenir. But, Has he still um, got that? Because that would be a great bit of proof for that story. Yeah, well, he said he threw it away because it upset his first living girlfriend. So he just he just got rid of that one. Right. What a pussy. Um, so what happened was I went into the Highgate vampire legend with great gusto. Because, like, I was like, oh, best British legends. And it was in all of them. I was like, I'll research that because it's just up the road from me. I wanted to do ones in my area. It's just up the road. But once I got further into the story, I noticed it's just sort of a few sightings. And they and seem like, like very different. There's, there's very little uh, cohesion between the sightings. Yeah, and also it's it's not a vampire, and I I could have done any ghost I wanted. There's ghosts all over the shop. There's a lot. There's a ghost story up the road that I want to do in two weeks' time. Yeah, but I went. I want to do this one because you don't hear about vampires. Well, they're not all going to be. You know, they're not all going to be winners. Winners. You know, and we're, de- we're debunking as well. And this one's been debunked. I don't think there is a vampire knocking about well, in Highgate. Jim. There's probably loads of ghosts. But why would a vampire be around corpses? A vampire wants living blood. It's got no reason hanging about in a cemetery. Unless it's just like, you know how sort of in 2007 YouTube, it was just all a bunch of misfits. Like all the weirdos drawn together. Maybe that's why he's knocking about in the cemetery. He just feels at home. Just want to make some friends. He's just making some friends. Like he's been rejected by the real world. Go and chat to the ghosts. Why do we? That's not. That's a good point. Like, why do we always think spookies are scaries? Like, just because it's dead doesn't mean it's not friendly. Casper. Casper was lovely. Casper was fit. Yeah. No. He was fucking beautiful. He was a really hot child. He's old. He's older than us, so it's fine. Well, he's older than me. He's older than me, Jim. Everyone's <laughs> older than me. He's definitely I, is. He's really older than me. <laughs> I found out why vampires hate garlic. Go on. Garlic has historically been used to repel blood-sucking insects in gardens. It's commonly grown to act as a natural insect repellent. That feels to me a bit like using a fly swatter for like an eagle. But did you know that garlic, um, that vampires also hate spring onions and leeks? I didn't know that, Jim. Yeah, so if you've not got a garlic knocking about, just hit it with a leek. Like when you put peppermint on the floor to get rid of the mice. Did you do that? Is that a thing? Yeah, they hate fresh breath. Spiders hate conkers. That's not true because I've, I will do, I will go far and wide to get rid of a spider and conkers aren't good enough. It's true. My mum's got conkers in her house and she's not had a spider. Oh no, no siree, no spiders in mum's house. What's going on with conkers? It's just like, it's just like... Like a conch. Oh, like a conch. A, a slightly longer conch. And you know what? Conk. You know how I know that spiders aren't scared of conchers? Because you get loads of spiders outside where the most conchers are. Yeah, but it's breezy out there, so they can't smell it because it's being blown away. Spiders don't have noses. I've never seen a spider near a conker. I've never seen a spider with a nose. How does it know what a conker is? How does it know a conker Of course there? they've got noses, Charles. Jimmy, they've got too many eyes and not enough nose. You think they'd make them with eight eyes and no noses? No, they've probably got like 12 noses. <laughs> I don't know if they've Jimmy, got ears. They haven't got lips, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they've got teeth, though. The la- right, here's something that will blow your mind. The latest sighting of the Highgate vampire was in 2016. What? Mm-hmm. When the headline of the reputable Daily Star read without hyperbole the highgate vampire returns 
horror sightings of floating figure spark UK panic. <laughs> well, firstly, the Daily Star isn't reputable, but I do no, like I the idea of, of, I don't remember this widespread panic. No, I passed me by. <laughs> and you live down the I, road. I live down the road and the UK panic um, just went right, right on by. <laughs> so what was the panic based on? What had happened? Well, witness had said that they had seen a floating man in a Victorian suit and top hat gliding through locked gates. Right, so one, why is he suddenly Victorian? You, that see, Again, it seems to me like too ideal to the narrative of like vampires that you'd see in a story there. I've never seen They're... a vampire in a top hat. That's going to fall straight off when you go and suck some blood. Unless you've got one of those things to tie it around your chin. That doesn't sound like a vampire to me, Charles. Honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to sully the good name of the Daily Star, but I do not imagine a vampire in Victorian clothes in a top hat. I imagine a vampire wearing a cape, one of those, um, like maybe a shirt, but a shirt with a is it a cummerbund around your midriff? One, yeah, it is a cummerbund too. What? Who's wearing a fucking top hat with a chin strap? Where's that come from? Because You're thinking of the armed guard. No, Charles, I'm just saying I don't... I've never seen a vampire wearing a top hat because if it was wearing a top hat, it'd be falling off all the time. And if you go in to suck someone's blood from their neck, that top hat's going to be on the floor. So for practical purposes, you're going to need some kind of chin strap, which, yeah, you're right, sounds ridiculous, which is why I don't think they're seeing a vampire. I think they're just seeing a dead Victorian. Well, again, the ghost theory is supported, the vampire theory is debunked. But at this point, and when I read the Daily Star article, they introduced a new piece of information which I had yet to come across elsewhere, which makes me question where they're getting their source from, because it wasn't in the Wikipedia article either. Legend, they say, has it. What legend? Because I've just read four versions of this fucking legend on multiple little red blogs, (laughs) and none of them has mentioned this. Legend has it that the vampire was a medieval nobleman. So what one? Why is he wearing a fucking Victorian suit? He's a medieval nobleman who had practiced black magic in medieval Romania. He was brought to the coffin in the 18th century to... No, he wasn't brought to the coffin. He was brought to England in a coffin in the 18th century, but was awoken from the dead by modern Satanists at his resting place in Highgate Cemetery in northern London. So finally... We have the genesis of the vampire story found nowhere but the Daily the Daily Star article. Where have they found that? I've never heard that before. Are they making that up? Well, I mean, Jim, that's a great question. I mean, I like it. I do like the story a lot. I mean, you're right. Why is he dressed as a Victorian if he's dying in the... Unless he just had a penchant for, for fancy dress. In which case, good luck to him. Jimmy, how can you... How can you... Listen to what you're suggesting, young man. <laughs> for a start... Even if it was fancy dress, how is a Romanian going to get fancy dress from the future? <laughs> He's from the medieval times. That would be like me coming to fancy dress and going, oh, guys, I'm dressed up as someone from tw- 2400s and I knew what the era was called and what the queen was going to be. Lucky Jimmy. guess. you got a lucky guess. Jimmy, this is real life. Vampires. Maybe he's getting... No, but maybe he's now dressing up in fancy dress as a ghost. Uh, sorry, as a vampire. What's the difference between a vampire the, and ghost again? I'm the ghost tailors. Yeah. With his ghost money we that could he's go getting to, from the blood bank. We could go to Highgate Cemetery right now and see him just like walking around dressed as Scary Spice. You know, we don't know what he's into. Scary Spice? 
Yeah. Are you saying that because he's... Well, he wouldn't be ginger spice because he eats um, like onions and stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> ginger. Ginger's a root vegetable. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we could... We should go to Highgate Cemetery though and like do a vlog there. We could do a live podcast from there. <gasps> we should do that. I oh mean, this God. one, we're just in our houses and this one was hard enough. So like, I'm sure the Highgate Cemetery one will be a real treat, but it'll be good though. Let's do it. Extra Highgate facts for, for fans of Highgate and facts. Buried in Highgate are include Karl Marx, Douglas Adams, George Eliot, and most importantly, Jeremy Beadle. Oh, my dream dinner party. Yeah. Maybe not George Eliot. Nah, he could stay. In fact, actually, probably just go with Jeremy Beadle. Just like one on one, candle lit. Oh, I hope you don't prank me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay, Charles, I'm ready for the creepy twist that brings this story to a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, that was it. There was it was the bit about the um from the daily. There was the Daily Star with the um. I told you there wasn't going to be a big conclusion. <laughs> it just sort of peters away until we end up in Romania. But what, what a journey though, we've been on. And, yeah. we're, and we're still on a journey. We're not at the end of the journey. This is this is this has really sparked in me an interest in vampires, which we can continue in upcoming podcasts. Wait, are you saying that your next podcast is going to be on vampire? Maybe. I've not decided what it's going to be yet. I mean, maybe we maybe we give vampires a rest for for one or two weeks. Yeah, I mean, we've really exhausted vampires, I think, with this ghost story. I want to know more about them. I want to know, like, why does it have to be a stake through the heart? Like, what were you a human that's turned vampire? Who was the first vampire? Why is it only blood that you like? Is there a spiritual the element to this? Vampire? Nosferatu was the first vampire, Jim. Nostradamus? Isn't he like <laughs> the guy who predicted the future? <laughs> Kikelius, Nosferatu from the 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 film. It's got hands in it. He's got his, he's got hands. You know, Nosferatu with hands. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Nosferatu. I'm pretty sure he's the first vampire, unless it was the Egyptians. I, I can't imagine an Egyptian vampire, Charles. I can't imagine a vampire in a pyramid. I, I think there why. was a lot of vampires in the ancient Egyptian times. But what would they be wearing? Because it's very hot in Egypt. I can't imagine. Like a vampire in shorts and a sun hat. I feel like the only way to end this uh, podcast, Chels, or at least this section of the podcast, um, is with a vampire joke. Oh, no. What do you get if you cross a vampire with a snail? Uh, Mary Shelley. The world's slowest vampire. Oh, I feel like Mary Shelley's better. Oh, no, she's Frankenstein. Fuck um, I think for humour, we should cut when you sat, Mary Shelley. <laughs> no. It feels weird making like edit notes while I know Discord is listening. What, you want me to cut out my great Mary Shelley joke that I got wrong? No, I... no, 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 no. That's the punchline. Oh. You well, shouted Mary I Shelley. I I'm happy to look like an idiot to if anyone's still listening to Discord, but I don't know if I want to look like an idiot to the the people that listen to this podcast in the future. That's the I joke, Charles, you know, you got to take one for the team sometimes. Even if I cut my Mary Shelley joke out, it's not like I'm not ever going to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, that ship has sailed. Let's go into the postscript now. The post, um, okay. Unless you've got more that you want to talk no, about. No, no. 
Thus concludes my story of the Highgate Vampire. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We're about to do our wrapping up words and notifications. Jim, do you want to do some words and notifications? Sure, I've got words and they will notify you of the fact that I enjoyed that story, Charles. Despite its lack of any discernible ending, um, I had fun with it. So thank you for telling me. I think maybe this won't be the last time we come into contact with vampires or indeed Highgate Cemetery. I really hope not, Jim. And thank you. Thank you for being complimentary of my story, even though it may have been a letdown. Well, you know, we made it very clear at the start, guys, that the expectations had to be lowered. Um, I definitely want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, though. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've been, like, so... I've been blown away. Like, I wish there were words that weren't as cliche to say, but I've been, like, so touched um, by all the support that we've had, and I've had a really nice time getting to to get to know everybody in the Discord, because at the moment there's only, like, 20 people. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it's the guys... <laughs> well yeah words. and i was just like when we set that target on the patreon i thought oh maybe we'll get that one day like in a few months time like if we can build the podcast if we can prove that it's good enough but the fact that we're nearly there now is just amazing and also patreon is really fun i'm really enjoying I'm it. it like it's got I'm its own basic it. we can do like our own private snapchats to the patreon people and we can chat and do voice notes and stuff. It's fun, but I don't want to alienate people who aren't in Patreon. Like, if you don't want to support us or if you can't afford it, that is totally, totally fine. That's... I mean, like, to counter that and maybe to put people off Patreon, today I posted pictures of my lunch. I posted a picture of a packet of crisps. I posted a picture of a keyboard. I posted a picket, pa- a picture of an empty Peter packet Peter of Peter Pepper. So Charles is really confused exactly what Patreon is from like a way to talk about the podcast and encourage support and just gone, here's all my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an extended WhatsApp group for Charles, basically. Yeah, it is. Eight people have uh, like push notifications on. So every time I like say something really inane there, they get told about it wherever <laughs> they are. <laughs> they feel oh. bad. No. Anyway, thanks thank so you. much for listening, guys. And thank, well, thanks to our Patreon supporters, but also thank you for anyone that's listening because that's incredible that you would listen to us. Oh, <laughs> honestly. If, if you want to send us an email, we are jimandchels at gmail.com. We've not had any emails yet, um, but we would like some. Um, if you've got like a suggestion for a story you want us to talk about, or even if you've just got any like general comments or observations, uh, yeah. send it to us. We'll, we'll read it, read it out, like whatever. Or if you've got something really short and snappy to tell us, tweet us at Chelsea and Jim. Chelsea and Jim is pretty much where you can find us anywhere on the internet, apart from if you want to email us, then it's jimandchelsea at gmail.com. Yeah, due to a clerical error, that is yeah, confusing. A, a, well, a Chelsea error. Um, okay, thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely weekend. Week, have a lovely life. We're and back death. next Sunday. Bye. Stay away from vampires. <laughs>